Hello and welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Schwan Humes. Uh, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com and my other podcast, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast. Uh, this week I had on uh, Charlie Jewett all the way from Japan uh, as he was at last weekend's Deep Jewel show. So we talked quite a bit about that. Okay, Schwan, what are you up to? Uh, just the usual, living life and uh, just being in Texas. It's like in a whole, whole other world for the rest of the United States. Okay. So let's start with uh, uh, last uh, Saturday's UFC show. And, of course, the big fight was Amanda Nunez retained the UFC featherweight championship with a win over uh, Megan Anderson, like – Two minutes in the first round, and Schwan, she wrapped her up like a Thanksgiving turkey. Yeah, that was pretty disappointing by Megan Anderson. Um, there, were, there was the opportunity she could be outclassed, but it seemed like it seemed like she almost froze. I don't know if she was scared or she got overwhelmed, or maybe she really, she really go ahead. She had that deer in the headlights look, man. Yeah, I. Given the circumstances, Megan, it was in. I really felt that she had a chance to really make a name for herself as a fighter and prove some people wrong. But it, it's like she completely froze. I don't really think Amanda Nunes had to do much to do to beat her. To be quite honest, I mean, she didn't throw any strikes. She didn't really try to clinch. Her takedown attempts were kind of half-hearted. I, I just don't know what happened. But if I was her, I'd be pretty disappointed in my performance. I mean, she she just didn't even put up a fight at all. Yeah. Well, I told you, you know, she's just not that good, Sean. Well, I, you can accept not you can accept not good. Felicia Spencer isn't great either, but Felicia Spencer fought. She oh. really didn't do anything. She she there was an approach she had to take. She didn't do anything. She didn't not do things wrong. She just didn't do anything. Like when she looks back on that, that's got to be crushing. I know Kat Zingano was embarrassed when she got beat by Ronda Rousey, but at least Kat Zingano tried to do something. Me and Ashton didn't do anything at all. No, like I said, she got wrapped up like a Thanksgiving turkey. She was like, holy shit. Uh, anyway, so she's she, that was her last fight in the UFC contract, so she's not in the UFC anymore, okay? And so the question is, what is the UFC going to do about the featherweight division? And Dana White said he will keep it going as long as Amanda Nunez is willing to defend the belt, okay? In a, in a separate interview... Amanda Nunez says that she doesn't have a problem with the featherweight division being discontinued. So I think the two of them have to have a conversation and decide what they want to do about it. I think they should uh, close it. They, I mean, they've got one featherweight fight schedule, which is um, Felicia Spencer versus Danielle Wolf, And that's it. That's all they got. And there really isn't anybody else on the horizon. I keep getting these guys telling me, oh, they have to develop the division. They're going to be good for There's not anybody who's any good. It's been like that for a long time, and it's not going to change. If a lot of the fighters who are half decent, who can fight at featherweight, end up dropping down to bantamweight because there's more competition there. Yeah, okay. I mean, if you're, if you're honest about it, almost 
almost all the featherweight fights have been fighters that moved up. Amanda Nunes moved up. Holly Holm moved up. Jermaine Durandamy moved up. It's been mostly 135ers who, who moved up to the featherweight to fight for the majority of them. And the majority of them are actually better fighters than any of the natural 145 people they have in the world. Yeah, it's and, a and, Good. And, and the other thing is that the, the featherweight situation, when you're talking about uh, UFC, Bellator, um, Invicta, doesn't really matter. They're just not out there. And the ones that are out there are terrible. So, I mean, with, with here's the thing. I think it's time, okay? And I also think with Invicta leaving UFC fight pass, it's also time for UFC to add uh, Adam Waite. Yeah, I mean, there doesn't seem to much need to have. The Bantamweight division is, is pretty, even though it's fairly competitive, it's still pretty weak. The featherweight division is mostly made up of blown up um, Bantamweights. There's really no need to continue doing it. You can't even build interest for a fight because you don't have a division to build interest, have fighters put two or three wins together. Um, well, Adam Waite has, has a ton of talent. It has a ton of legitimate talent where you can bring in quality fights. Yeah. Featherweight, there's such a gap. Best featherweight. It's Amanda Nunes, Cyborg, and then everybody else is like four, three or four levels below them. Yeah, that's about it. That's about it. All right. Now, the other thing is that um, what they're talking about now is possibly doing, having um, Amanda defend the uh, Bantamweight Championship against uh, Juliana Pena in May. And, you know, Juliana has been doing her squeaky wheel routine. Okay, she's been like texting Dana like crazy since like Saturday night. Yeah, I mean it's smart of her because, like you said, there's not really an established person at 35. I mean, there's there's potential talent, but the fact of the matter is, most people who are, who are the better people at 35 don't have have any wins. Aspen Ladd's still coming off an injury. Holly Holm might be out for a while, but she's already lost to Nunes. Arena Aldana lost to Holly Holm. Very few people have wins and can justify an actual title fight against Amanda Nunes. Not saying Pena is really ranked or, or to do it, but the fact of the matter is she is coming off a win. She has two wins in the division, but and, and that's really her only argument. And I guess she's a bit of a name, so she's just trying anything she can to get in that title fight, and I don't blame her for it. You have to create the opportunities for yourself. And All she's right. doing it through the media because her fighting record hasn't done it. I have a question yeah. about Megan Anderson, though. What? Do you think there's any chance she goes? She tries to go to PFL and just goes with the 55? Her camp kept saying she can barely make 45. No, it, listen. It, first of all, if she's going to go anywhere, it's going to be Bellator because it's too late for her to go to PFL. Well, I mean, if she takes a year off and waits till the next season, I mean, what else does yeah, she have to do? I don't. I don't think she's going to do that. I think she's going to end up with Bellator, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The, the thing about PFL. But she's never had trouble making weight, so I don't know what the problem is there. I think what what we ran into with her is a couple of things. First of all, she never fought it. She never beat anybody who was really any good, with the exception of Ted Zingano, and that was such a fluke that you can't really even count it. Okay? And the other thing is that she has weird fans. Have you noticed that about her? Weird what? She has weird fans. Like, they seem kind of obsessed with her. Like, she's because yeah. of her height and all that sort of thing. Yeah, well she, her fans are mu much more connected to her 
the character of her and the idea of her than her as a fighter. But that's also what helps her get opportunities because she has a somewhat reliable fan base, which she can translate into opportunities in fighting. I guess. I don't know. Anyway, so no, I, I think she'll... She, she, if they continue this, the, the featherweight division in the UFC, she might very well sign. But uh, I expect her, if that doesn't happen, that she'll go to Bellator. I, T, PFL, why the hell would she sit around for you? Explain it to me. Uh, well, she might not have an option because Bellator, Bellator can be kind of picky sometimes with who they pick because there's been lots of times where they could have had other free agents and they're like, it depends on who they fit, depends on who we want them, depends on how much money they want. We don't, we don't always pick people right off the bat just because they're available and they have a name. I know that from managers who manage fighters in Bellator who told me this. They're like, yeah, they're kind of, they're kind of odd about who they pick. So there's an option yeah. for her, but I don't know if she wants to take them. It might be a pay cut. It might not be the opportunity she wants. I'm just saying, is it is it possible there's an opportunity because the, the division at 155 is weaker than 45? She could probably at least get to a title fight against Kayla Harrison. Yeah, I, I don't see her waiting around all three. That's all. And I, I, I'll give you another little, little tip. Kayla Harrison won't be there next year. Oh, fair enough. But, I mean, I'm thinking in the instance, not just in competitive fights, like what could help extend her career and get opportunities for her? Yeah, I don't know. I, like I said, I don't, I, if I'm the fighter, I don't want to sit around for you. That's all. Fair enough. Okay. The other fight on this show, we had um, uh, Amanda Limos beat um, Lavinia Souza by uh, um, TKO, I guess it was. And what it was, somebody described it to me as a power jab, <laughs> whatever that is. And, uh, you know, Amanda has looked good since she's come back from her drug suspension. Uh, she's from Para Brazil. She trains with uh, former UFC fighter Yuri Alcantara, and um, Lavinia Souza. I don't know, man. Well, I felt bad for Souza. She she understood that she didn't have the physical tools, and when she knows she's outgunned, she fought she fought scared too. She felt the power. She knew the danger in there, and she fought like she was completely scared and got overwhelmed. Lemos isn't a great fighter, but she's got. She can in spots. She can be fairly technical, and she's such a great athlete. I mean, she could hurt bantam weights. So at this weight class, her power is a very big difference maker. And she, um, she's also she's, she's also big for a strawweight. Yeah. So, so this was a bad matchup for Susan. This was pretty much a showcase fight, and I felt bad for Susan because she knew she had nothing for her on the feet. She knew she wasn't good enough to get her to the ground. So basically, she was only in there to take a beating and get stopped in spectacular fashion. And that's fair, pretty much what happened to her. So Amanda is 33 years old, so I think what we're going to see is they're going to move her up fairly quickly uh, through the rankings. I would think so. I mean, like I said, the division is fairly competitive, but with the physical advantages that she has, girls who have that kind of physical advantage tend to move the division, move through the division fairly quickly. Because even though a lot of those girls might have some skill advantages over her, a lot of them can't physically dictate pace to her. So she can get by on that for, for at least another two to three fights. And that is good enough to get her a title shot. Okay, let's talk about uh, this Saturday's uh, UFC show. There's three women's fights on the show. Uh, the first one, which is postponed from a couple of weeks ago, uh, Angela Hill versus Ashley Yoder at um, Strawweight. And, uh, they fought before, and, and Amanda, and, and, sorry, Angela won. And I don't know why would, she wouldn't win again. 
Yeah, she should win. She's a better athlete, bigger hitter, more experienced fighter, and has actually beat quality opposition. But there's just a lot of pressure on her. She can't afford to lose this fight. A loss to Ashley Yoder is disastrous. Angela Hill only loses to a certain caliber of a person. A loss, a Yoder losing to Angela Hill won't won't change anything about how the UFC sees her, how fans see her. But a loss for Hill would be disastrous. So I, I would expect Hill to win. But I don't think Hill has looked as good as she has in the last couple of years. She's looked better before. And I feel like even though Ashley Yoder hasn't looked great and isn't great, I feel Ashley Yoder's made some improvements. And that fight against Watterson concerns me because Watterson got one takedown and Hill's whole whole mentality changed. I guess, I, guess my, I, I, guess, I guess my whole question would be if Ashley can get a takedown, you know, can she I, turn I, that into a win? I think I don't I don't know that she's as, as, as athletic as Watterson or maybe not as savvy, but she I think she's physically strong and durable enough to get a takedown and control. I just don't know if she can build off of it. But Hill is so scared of being taken down when she gets taken down. The way she fights changes completely. It happened against Cadelia. It happened against Watterson. It's happened multiple times for a fighter as experienced as she is. You would think she'd be able to handle wrestling exchanges and being taken down better. But every time she's been taken down, she's pretty much lost that round, if not fights, as a result of it. That's a big flaw. Yeah, especially at this stage of the game. I mean, you're at one point a fairly high-ranked fight. How do you? How are you still not comfortable on the ground, creating scrambles, working from your back, looking for submissions? She, it, it's, it's stunning, especially against Watterson, because Watterson isn't very durable and isn't very physical at all, and Watterson essentially controlled her for a whole round. And I've never seen Watterson control anybody like that. Yeah. Not consistently. So you like Angela for this? So do I. Yeah, uh, she better not lose. That there's no way to explain a loss to Yoder. She loses, and that that's a big problem. Okay, but this, I, I favor Angela. Okay, the second fight we've got at um, flyweight, Courtney Casey versus JJ Aldridge. Okay, so this is what we got. We've got Courtney Casey, who has obvious physical talent, but a low fight IQ. And she's trading these days at uh, 47 And we have J.J. Aldrich, who has below average physical tools, but she has very good coaching, you know, from uh, Trevor Whitney. Okay. So, I mean, I'm not really – I really don't care who wins this. I, I think that um, whoever loses might get released. But uh, let me get your thoughts on this one. I'd probably say it's Aldrich's fight to lose. I know Casey's big, strong. She's fairly explosive. She can be a finisher at times. But I don't think – I can't remember any fight Courtney Casey's been in in the last three or four that she's actually just dominantly won. Every fight she win, wins or loses, it's it's much made much tougher than it has to be because the tendency she has. I know she's training in a new camp, and I appreciate that, and maybe they can enact some changes. But every time I've seen Courtney Casey, she seems like – the same fighter. I mean, I really haven't seen any changes over over the entire time yeah. she's been in the UFC, and she she just chooses to do the wrong thing. She has the physical tools to walk through and dominate a lot of girls, but for some reason, she's never done it. So if there's somebody who's going to make a mistake, it's going to be Casey. Now, she can just come out and she can physically dominate J.J. Aldridge, but if she doesn't finish her in the early, early in the round, I'm, I'm going to say Aldridge fights a cleaner fight, fights a higher pace and makes less mistakes and finds a way to eke out a win. She's a better striker. I, I might say she's a better overall MMA fighter as far as the wrestling and grappling put together. Um, 
individually, Courtney Casey has some advantages, but she just fights so dumb. No matter how good a game plan is working, if it doesn't get a finish, she finds some way to lose. And she's done that pretty much to the extent of her entire career. That's been that's been her whole career as a UFC fighter. Great moments of brilliance, losses because she can't close the show because she makes too many mistakes. Okay. And the third fight, which is at uh, Strawweight, is Jinyu Fry versus Gloria DePaula. Now, Gloria DePaula is the girlfriend of Mayra Buena Silva, and she also trains at uh, Shootbox in Sao Paulo, Brazil, with Eva Liva. And she won uh, a fight at the uh, Contender Series last summer. Okay. Ginyu Fry, we all know who she is. She's a former Atomweight champion, Victor. She's gone 0-2 in the UFC. And uh, she has also lately been trading over at Cordes MMA in, uh, in Houston with Saif Saud. So uh, she better improve really quickly or she's going to be in the UFC. Yeah, the thing with Jinyu Frey, it's like um, she's sort of like Courtney Casey in a sense. It, she relies on her physical tools. I don't know that she knows so much makes has bad fight IQ. She just has a limited skill set. If she doesn't have a certain athletic advantage over you, it's very hard for her to win fights because she's so single-minded in how she fights. I know she's like, once again, she's training a new place, but at this stage of the game, I don't know that she can flip that switch and really expand her game the way it needs to be. She doesn't seem to have the greatest cardio. She seems to get tired in fights. She's never been great defensively and defense is really hard to build off of. I don't know that Gloria is good enough to expose her. I mean, I really don't. The last two losses she had were to, fairly gifted, fairly skilled, at least in certain aspects of MMA, highly skilled fighters. I don't know that DePaula is that skilled in any, any one area, but um, I guess I'll favor Fry. She's got the experience. Um, she should have some new tricks. She's still fairly physically dominant. Um, I just don't know enough about DePaula to say that she wins. I don't know enough better skill well, set in her point. Like I said, she's only, we, we saw her in the contender series and uh, the, the fighters she beat. Uh, isn't as good as, as Jimmy Fry, but I mean, Fry, we'll Fry's see how she does. I mean, I don't know. Fry's clearly on the, the decline. I mean, she's, she, she's an older age. Her cardio and her athleticism isn't what it used to be, so she can't ride off that anymore. I'm just going to say that as an experienced fighter, it's it. she's only lost to a certain talent level. I don't know that DePaul is at that talent level, so I'm going to say that Fry's got the experience mm. and enough talent to beat her. She might be better than we think. I'm talking about Gloria DePaula. Oh, no, I, I, I perfectly I, – I think that she probably is, but I'm, I'm still going to say I, I always fall on the side of experience, and I think she's a good enough athlete that she can navigate this. Against the other two fighters, the, the athleticism was so far in their favor that there was no chance for her to really sit on the lead and, and hold it. Against DePaula, I don't see that DePaula's a great athlete, kind of physical, kind of tough, a grinder but she's still fairly limited from what I've seen. And I think that Fry should be able to navigate it to a win. If she doesn't, then, I mean, she needs, she might need to retire because losing to this sort of opponent is just unacceptable. No offense against Apollo, but let's just, let's just call it what it is. This is the best opportunity they have for women trying to get her a win. They want her to have a win. So if she loses the fights, they're trying to set up for her to win. We got a whole nother problem. Okay, this show is going to be Saturday on ESPN Plus in the U.S. and TSN in Canada. Okay, do you have anything else you want to talk about, Schwan? 
And that has been pretty uneventful outside of, outside of uh, those sort of things. It's been pretty uneventful in the world of women's mixed martial arts. Well, we'll, we'll get things going again. Like I said, uh, you might want to check out my uh, uh, the other podcast for some uh, inside Japan stuff with Charlie. There's pretty uh, interesting stuff there. Uh, he, he talked quite a bit about um, uh, last weekend's Deep Jewel show and also uh, the One Championship tournament that's coming up. We'll talk quite a bit about that. And uh, we're also, he does another podcast with um, uh, manager uh, Shuharada. And I'm going to try to weasel my way on that podcast to see if we can get a freeway talk going and uh, see how that goes. Oh, I wanted to mention one other thing. I posted last night on my, I posted this morning on my blog. Um, last night, uh, Io Shirai defended her NXT Women's Championship against Tony Storm. It's a pretty good match. It was on NXT TV last night. So I posted that on my blog today. And uh, it looks like Io is going to face uh, Raquel Gonzalez at the upcoming TakeOver show. And that's a big size difference. EO is about five foot one, 115 pounds. Raquel Gonzalez is like six feet tall. So mm. they don't have weight classes in pro wrestling. No. But, you know, yes. you look at it, you say, well, you look at it, you say, oh, well, Raquel should dominate her and all that sort of thing. EO Shirai is one of the best wrestlers in the world. And she has things that she can do that will blow your mind. Okay? And we've seen her before against much bigger wrestlers. And she's, she's, amazing. she's pretty tremendous. Okay? So... I'll definitely have to check that out. What was that? I said I'll have to check that out. You've piqued my interest. Well, EO is a tremendous performer. She's just unbelievable, you know. And so, you know, she comes. She when she has a big match like that, she rises to the occasion. You know, that's the way she is. She's always been like that. So, I mean, I used to watch her in Japan. She was like that. Anyway, that's about it for today. Again, uh, don't forget to check out my blog at frankb316.blogspot.com and my other podcast. Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast. Like I said, I have Charlie Jewett on this week to talk about uh, last week's Deep Jewels show. Uh, if you have any questions or comments for my blog or my podcast, you can leave them on the voicemail. If you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.